Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in collaboration with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. Here's Marissa Laycock. December Farmers Market in St Peter's Street. I love the fact that I've never left a farmers market without learning something new. I enjoy asking lots of questions and feeling connected to the local growers and craftspeople. I'm fascinated by their expertise and love to immerse myself in a wealth of culinary delights. It's a cold, wet Sunday afternoon in mid-December and there aren't many stallholders around. I notice a little crowd gathered around the Chiltern Brewery stall, a family-run business now celebrating its 40th anniversary. I overhear the stallholder chatting knowledgeably about how craft ales and ciders need to be well-balanced. The ales have imaginative names like award-winning Lord Lieutenant's Cream Porter, which Scott, the vendor, describes as rich and robust. The star of the show for me is the Glad Tidings Winter Stout, described as black and aromatic, comprising of four malts and two spices, an ideal winter warmer for family and friends. I always seem to be attracted to the darker, thicker ales, and am told that this one is made using chocolatey malts. It sounds delicious, so I end up buying a couple of bottles. I walk on and follow my nose to a green marquee with steam bellowing out of it. The aromatic scents lure me in. I step up to Lilia's kitchen and am greeted with a smile. I meet Lilia, who is cooking up three huge woks of Madagascan French cuisine, a sort of fusion of Indian, African and French cultures. I'd never realised that Madagascar is located so close to Mauritius and to the Seychelles, such beautiful small Indonesian islands. Lilia has been in business for over five years now and has won awards for her amazing dishes. She explains the fundamental ingredients to the dried spice Cuban-based mix, namely onion, garlic, ginger, cinnamon, coriander and lemon, creating smooth, subtle flavours. This type of cuisine is altogether more tangy rather than spicy like Indian cuisine, she explains. The chef alternates between three huge woks, a Madagascan stir-fry loaded with sweet corn, bok choy, eggs, shrimps, carrots, spring onions and with plenty of spices poured over the top. In another wok is romazava, a nutritious-looking meat stew packed with green vegetables, onions and spices. The middle wok is brightly coloured in yellows and oranges, Apparently this dish is called lasari, made up of carrots, cabbage and onions and would work perfectly well as an accompaniment to rice. Madagascar gained independence from 60 years of French colonial rule in 1960. I'm fascinated by how culinary flavours and ingredients are linked with history and how the combination of sweet and savoury spices used on the island have evolved as a result of so much cultural diversity. In British and European cooking, we tend to divide them. Memories of my Italian mother making lasagna was a totally savoury experience and the sweet spices were saved for dessert. I'm distracted by lively music. French stallholders selling fresh produce have lit up their stalls and yellow light bulbs trimmed all along the top of the tent brightens the dull, wet day. French artisan breads are creatively displayed in stacked crisscross patterns. It's not every day that I see unusual pumpkins, huge net bags filled with French garlic bulbs, bright orange persimmons and boxes of carrots still covered in soil. I'm so glad to only see winter root vegetables like parsnip sprouts and green beans at the peak of their freshness. Further along I take a look at the brightly packaged Mielerie, branded jars of a French honey company. 
I never realised that honey can come in so many varieties. I learned quite a few French words from the jar labels in the processes, such as pissenlit, meaning dandelion, chatanier for chestnut, chêne for oak, tillet for linden, rance for bramble. I look forward to trying the chestnut honey. I've never really heard of it, although it's widely consumed in Italy and Greece. It is a dark and spicy variety made from the nectar of flowering chestnuts in the springtime. Apparently it has more antioxidants than paler varieties and and works wonderfully over hazelnut gelato or mixed in with a marinade for roasts. It is not so saccharine sweet and has more of a nutty and bitter aftertaste. In Tuscany they like to drizzle it over some pecorino cheese to add flavour. Known as one of the best dark honeys in the world with its woody flavours, I think I might add it to my coffee in the morning instead of sugar. I walk by some colourful truckles of cheese with unique flavourings like orange and whiskey and black as coal. The vendor encourages me to try some, then tells me about the Cheese Factory Company and how they are made. The flavours on my tongue are just perfect and I have zoned out for a moment, unable to focus on what she's saying. I'm not really much of a drinker, but I'm attracted to the bright red and white tent further down St. Peter's Street. The old vodka company is a family-run business located in Stevenage. Tall, slender bottles of vodka are neatly arranged all along the counter. I'm amazed that there are so many flavours to choose from. From pink marmalade to tarragon, changing the tint slightly. Yana invites me to try one or two little cupfuls and tells me that their vodka is over 30% volume, made from a wheat grain spirit and pure spring water. I generally find most drinks too sweet and laden with sugar, so I opt for the vodka with chilli flavouring. I love it. It's so warming and after a few seconds tingles and burns down the back of my throat, then warms my chest. I could do with a bottle of this as a nightcap when I'm forced to go camping up north. It would be the perfect accompaniment to cheese with onion chutney on chilli crackers. Although only established in 2012, it holds the secret of a centuries-old Russian recipe. Merab, the third-generation grandson, came to the UK where he was given the freedom and opportunity to develop the business. This would explain why the taste of freedom is the ethos behind the vodka. Flavouring vodka with herbs, fruits and spices is a very old tradition in Poland and Russia. I'm not really surprised to hear that they have won the Great Taste Award both in 2018 and 2019. Despite the recent gin craze, I've always preferred the purity and potent simplicity of this ice-cold, fresh and light, crystal clear spirit. The old vodka company recommends certain perfect mixes and Yana tells me that the chili vodka would work well with plenty of ice, some ginger ale and lime. Before I leave the market, I'm drawn to Jefferson Crafts Eco Products Handmade in St Albans. I'm intrigued by what they sell and don't really know what half of the merchandise is. I stop for a chat with Sonia, who's knitting away. She explains that the fundamental premise is to save and reuse materials. I have always been a staunch advocate of environmental issues. We chat about the importance of free cycling. Sonia contacts fabric shops and manufacturers directly and uses end of rolls and X display offcuts. I have a look at their reusable makeup wipes, wash bags, cotton soap savers, and kitchen towels in pretty designs. The Eco Starter gift sets are the perfect introduction to a more sustainable way of life.
I ask Sonia, so what are you knitting at the moment? She replies, a jute pan scrubber. I smile in my ignorance and she explained that it, it works a treat when scrubbing pans and is made of 100% jute. It is designed to replace plastic scrubbing brushes, Sonia infuses, and is naturally antibacterial, super absorbent and doesn't scratch. I learned that jute is the name of a plant used to make hessian fabric and is completely biodegradable. It is affordable and made of cellulose and lignin, the perfect eco-fiber. I'd never heard of it, but it has been used since the end of the 18th century in India. Nowadays, interior designers incorporate jute into all sorts of creations, from wall coverings to rugs and curtains. Farmers' markets have fitted into our Covid circumstances relatively well, providing us all with an open-air alternative to shopping. Despite the cold weather, I've had a wonderful Christmassy afternoon, chatting with friendly vendors and experimenting with new culinary flavours. I love the fact that I didn't even know what types of stalls I might find when I arrived. I recently read somewhere that St Albans rates quite highly as one of the best places to live in the UK for community spirit. Yes, I must agree with that, especially at this time of year. I head home smiling with a warm feeling inside, replete with chilli cheese and chilli vodka, and a bag filled with a few persimmons, some pretty huge garlic bulbs, a jar of chestnut honey, and a couple of bottles of festive stout. And I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in association with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. To find more of our podcasts, go to radioverulam.com. And if you'd like to support our podcasts, please go to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.